the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. And we're back. It's Lifeline. Andy Froyland in for Craig Roberts. We'll be with you next Tuesday, by the way. In the meantime, you're stuck with me for the rest of the week. And uh, today, as we spent the first hour talking about foster care, I wanted to transition from that to adoption. As we mentioned with our guest in the previous hour, uh, foster care is something that we can all do. It doesn't necessarily preclude that we must then move to adoption. Oftentimes, though, that can be the case. And so what I want to do in the next hour is spend some time with my pastor, who has also adopted and has been a part of the foster care family, uh, we want to take a look at this now from just a, a horizontal perspective and then transition into the vertical perspective. Sure. You know, so uh, my pastor is uh, Jay. Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> uh, Jay That's Underwood. That's what we say in Weaverville, huh? Uh-huh. Howdy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jay Underwood actually hails from our neck of the woods down here. Uh, I mean, we're coming to you from the Northern Command, but uh, he is a a Bay Area boy. So. Yeah, absolutely. Born so, and raised in Hayward, California there. Right next door East to our Bay. studios here in Fremont. There so, you go. You We're neighbors. Exactly. Howdy, neighbor. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we wanted to I don't move think they in. they say howdy in the Bay Area, I, though, do they? I, I, you know, there was a time, uh, the, the, the bear. Way back when. Or the huh? wolf. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, right. <laughs> we, we, we had our token country music station in, in the Bay Area for a while. Short-lived and, yeah. So, yeah. And I even think that even then it was still high. Yeah. I don't probably. know you could go so uh, far howdy as might howdy. Be pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we we do want to spend some time on this whole issue of adoption and as uh, this last hour was an indication of our direction tonight. I just kind of wanted to tag team off of that a bit, Jay, because Adoption is something that's unique. As as we mentioned in the last hour, you can do foster care and never get into the realm of adoption. Right. Uh, usually, though, adoption does tag on at the end of foster care. You find that you just can't live without this child you've had for the last two years. They terminate services, and rather than seeing this child go somewhere unknown, uh, you end up stepping up and becoming uh, an adoptive parent as well. Then there are folks who actually get into the foster care system for the purpose of adopting, right. which we call FOSTADOPT. And that would be really the category that my wife and I and so, family of background would be a part of. Give us the story. Yeah. Um, my wife and I uh, have three biological children. Mm-hmm. And after our third one, we I wasn't a, a pastor or anything yet. Not that that necessarily has has something to do with it all. But we came to the conclusion that uh, that was the, the number of kids that we wanted in our family. And um, and so, uh, you know, that was going to be that. In that sense, uh, looking back on it, uh, you know, a number of years later, both my wife and I realized that it was really something that was born out of just selfishness and selfish reasons. It wasn't anything at the time, though we were Christians, 
um, that we kind of brought before the Lord. You know, you would think something as major a, a life family decision as that, um, you would. And we just weren't at that kind of a place in our faith at the time um, where, yeah, we really thought, gosh, maybe this is something we should pray about, you know, right. and ask God's leading yeah. towards. So, again, for selfish reasons, we just said, nope, we're done. Well, several years down the line, we realized, oh, why do we do that? Why do we come to that conclusion? We really like to consider having more children and, and you know, just a further expansion of our of our family. Um, but at that point, the um, medically, it just kind of wasn't going to happen. Right. And uh, and my wife too was feeling just kind of uh, getting older in in life, and just wasn't sure that her body was going to you know be able to contend with uh, more little ones. And so we thought, okay, well let's do this. Consider this foster uh, adoption kind of stuff. Or right. actually, I guess it was adoption was the idea. Right. And at the time in our in our church, we were living in Southern California, and we had a couple of families that were starting this process of specifically fostering children uh, with the idea of adopting them. And um, so uh, another word for that kind of a family is a, a concurrent family. Right. Um, so that you uh, are looking at, at adopting somebody, but you're going to go through the foster process and, and, and hopefully have a um, child or children that will be placed in your care with the probability right. of being able to adopt them. Of course, we all know things happen, things change, courts work in very funny ways sometimes, and so there's never a, necessarily a guarantee. All that being said, my wife and I thought, okay, well, let's let's look into this. And so we got involved with a Christian uh, faith-based um, foster uh, adopt um, group uh, down in Los Angeles, started mm-hmm. the process, and boom, um, at that point, uh, now I am a pastor, and I'm getting my call to my first church, which is up uh, here in Northern California. And so... We made that transition and and realized we just kind of need to put that on hold, starting a new ministry, need to just, you know, really focus on that. So a couple of years go by, and my wife gets the first inkling, uh, hey, do you remember how we kind of started looking into the fostering thing? Maybe we should do that again. Oh, yeah, okay, let's pray about it. And yeah, it sounds like a... Uh, something that the the Lord was kind of leading us toward. Um, so we had met with a, a foster agency that was completely secular, not, not faith based at all, and right. and and just thought, okay, mom, that was fine, you know, whatever. And then had kind of heard that, hey, there might be some faith based uh, or uniquely Christian uh, foster agencies, and lo and behold, there was, and we found one. <clears throat> and and gave him a call and then the everything just started happening <clears throat> excuse me for us it was it was immediate in that um, once we had called this agency, then we also had people in our community um, calling us and telling us hey there 's this uh, young brother and sister that um, need a foster family, and it 's looking like possibly to be adopted." And as it turns out, it was this brother and sister that had been coming to our new church um, wow. in our Awana program. Okay. And so we already knew them and, and had been around them for a few years anyway. And then uh, uh, so, again, we're just kind of in, in, in constant prayer about all of this, and everything is all happening at once and so fast. And sure enough, they did need a foster family. Sure enough, they wanted it to be a congruent 
concurrent, excuse me, family, um, so that if it turned into an adoption, it would hopefully be that same family. And um, we're talking to our foster agency, and they're like, okay, well, the, this is great, this is great, but you got to do this, and you got to do this, and you got to do this, you got to get your home ready, you got to put up fences, you got to put all locks on the cabinets, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> And so we're like, wow. And, and as it turns out, we got all this done in like record speed. Nobody could believe how fast it all just kind of happened and came together. And next thing you know, boom, these two young kids are on our doorstep, you know. It's wow. funny. Uh, uh, storks don't really drop them off, Andy. I don't know. I just always thought that that's. I, I, yeah, I always. Well, they came in a car. It's you know really yeah they they showed up in a car we didn't even have to go to the hospital or anything maybe your chimney was too small that's it yeah <laughs> yeah so that's I mean that's kind of how we got how we got going and they came into our into our life so that's 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 two uh, that's that's uh, Austin and Gianna yep correct we got All our right. first two Austin and Gianna um, in in our case. It, it had been recommended to us by a number of people that since we had three biological children under our roof at that time, that it wasn't always uh, the most advantageous to kind of interject kids in the midst of their birth order. And so uh, that's just a personal decision, obviously, right, for everyone right, to right. come to. And and so we kind of had thought the same. And lo and behold, um, the way the Lord worked it out, uh, these um, two were younger than our youngest. And so that kind of fit that bill and, right. and, you know, was just a, a blessing in that sense that we didn't have to kind of try to wedge him in between our, our other kids, which could just kind of create a whole other host of issues. Um, and, uh, and then that was probably about a, a two, two and a half year process of fostering them to finally adopting them. And it was one pro it was a process that wasn't without plenty of hiccups and speed bumps right, and right. valleys, right. <laughs> even if you will. And, and we're going to talk about those valleys and some of the preconceived notions that folks will have as they listen to your story there. I can, I can hear them in my mind. Sure. Yeah, but what about, yeah, yep. but what about, and That's what it. about? So we'll deal with your what abouts as we continue the conversation here on Lifeline. My guest is Jay Underwood. He pastors first Baptist church of Weaverville, up in our, as I mentioned, Northern Command here at <laughs> KFAX. <laughs> and we're talking about adoption, and we're going to look at it from the horizontal, just from a human perspective, and the vertical. What does God say about adoption, and why is it so important? It's all straight ahead as Lifeline continues. And we're off to the KFAX Traffic Center now. We've got a look at that commute of yours. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. And we're back. It's Lifeline. Andy Froyland in for Craig Roberts. And my guest tonight is Pastor Jay Underwood. We're talking about adoption and what it means from a, not, not just a personal level, but a spiritual level as well. Uh, Jay himself uh, and his wife, Julie, three kids uh, adopted along with three uh, natural born kids. So the three adopted aren't naturally born. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah I know. That, What's that? Was, that? that was that, I was just letting you see if you could get yourself out of that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I usually say biological. Biological. Our, our biological children versus exactly. You know, yeah. Yeah. The so there you go. The the biological three biological kids and uh, three unbiological. Unbiological. Kids. Yeah. What what kind they're of clones? Kids? They're clones. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of little glob of foreign substance. Androids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope they're not listening. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah, we're, we're we're in a whole other part of the state. That's they won't it. hear us. So we're, we're good. We can trash them all we want. Now, seriously, uh, you bring two in. One right. more. There's one more that shows yep, up. Sure enough. So we have the two, and 
oh gosh, about a year goes by or maybe not even that. And uh, my wife calls me up one day and says, honey, you know that legally we can have one more child in the house. <laughs> and um, there's this baby that's uh, born to a meth addict and um, baby is not going back to uh, mom. Dad's not in the picture. And uh, and baby's still at the um, uh NICU down at the hospital and the, the, um, our, our, um, foster agency, uh, calls us up and, 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 and has asked if we would be interested one in this child. And, and even just, uh, if my wife would be interested in going down to the hospital and just kind of giving this child some TLC, they had right. another gal that was doing that had, who was not able to foster or adopt. She was just showing up regularly. So, um, so my wife starts doing that and just almost immediately just, you know, just attaches with this, uh, with this baby. I still would, I don't, I wasn't quite sure yet. I mean, you know, we right. had just closed the adoption it was probably within a year after closing the adoption on our first two. And I thought, gosh, I mean, maybe we just need a little downtime, a little time to just let family still assimilate. There were, you know, plenty of challenges uh, with with our family with with adopting the two. It wasn't. I'll be honest. It just it wasn't all rose colored glasses. Right. Uh, that's what we had. Rose colored glasses. It wasn't yeah. all all necessarily uh, rosy and and just you know how this was all going to actually right. work and play out. So we were still just kind of working through some things. And I just yeah, I wasn't I wasn't convinced yet that this is. <laughs> The Lord wanted us to go, and my wife was very convinced, and right. so that was kind of interesting. Um, so at one point, she finally says to me, now she had been going down for a, a week or so, and she says, so I think you should come down uh, on one of the times when I go to feed, and you, you should no, come. No, yeah, exactly, no, no. no. I knew I knew that would be the end of me. That would just be the end. That's so, the death knell right there. You know how I know it's the end is because when my wife wanted a puppy, we went and saw all these puppies right. at, at this person's house, and the minute I saw one <laughs> and touched him and petted him, it was like, oh, oh he's mine, he's mine, he's, he's not going to. <laughs> we're, we're, you know, so I knew, yeah. The minute I walked in and saw this little life, you know, it was all over. Yeah. And sure enough, that's, exa- that's exactly that's what, what happened. happened. I go down there. I look at him in the in the little incubator crib thing, whatever, and he was like, "Oh, wow, he's wow, he's really cute. You know, he's really cool." And and then, um, you know, ten minutes later, when I'm feeding him, that, that was it. That was it. That was, it was done. It was I couldn't couldn't imagine us. And you the know, next thing you know, we have him. little Owen in the in the in the now nursery with Owen. the rest of the yep. kids. And, and Owen was uh, it was in, in terms of the whole process for us. It was night and day. It was one year from start to finish from the time we saw him in the hospital until the time we actually were able to adopt him. And uh, and he's just a, a great joy of the family's life really right right um and and in many ways it kind of became a a good unifier also just because everybody liked owen you know yeah. everybody loves yeah. owen all the kids love owen you know and yeah. and so he was just kind of this com- common bond then for, for so everybody. based on that statement he was the unifier <laughs> uh, obviously and i, I wanted to tie I want to, it, you know, we're we're full disclosure here on Lifeline on KFAX. We're going to give you the good, bad, and the ugly because go. we know at the end of the day, Christ and His grace overshadows all the good, Amen, the bad, and the ugly. Brother, thank oh. the Lord for that. <laughs> <laughs> we, that's that's the joy that we have in that's who we it. are and what we do as believers in Christ. So uh, let's take a look at the bad and the ugly. Um, it, 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 like you said, it's not all rose colored, right? You know, um, when Julie and I were considering the foster. Uh, adopt whole notion. Uh, 
the first thing we did is we went to our three kids. Once we were pretty convinced, you know, uh, by it, and um, and that that would be the Lord's uh, will for us. So we went to our kids. And, ah, golly, I'm trying to remember how old they were at the time. Our oldest, who's 18 now, was probably 14 or 15, and then you know a, a couple of years until his sister, another couple of years until his excuse me, until his brother, and then another couple of years until his sister. So, you know, we'll say between, you know, um, what, eight or nine and and um, and uh, 14 or 15. So we sat all three down and said, gang, here's what mom and I are thinking about. What do you think? And uh, initially the reaction was all positive. You know, wow, right. yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, that'd be neat. You know, what, do we get a boy? Do we get a girl? How old are they? But, you know, and then all these questions. Yes, and, yes, and, and yes. And, yeah, <laughs> and, and all of that. And, and so, okay, that was, that was good. And then, and then once, uh, it was presented to us, um, for these two, uh, that specifically it seemed the Lord uh, would have in mind, Austin and Gianna, um, it was like, uh, uh, we went back to them and said, okay, well, you guys actually know Austin and Gianna from Awana, you know, and, oh yeah, oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Oh yeah. And so I, I guess all of us in that sense had a real positive, you know, initial uh, uh, desire towards it because, frankly, too, none of us, be it the kids and even my wife and I, really could imagine how everything would kind of go along or play out. I mean, yeah. who can? Yeah. You know, you can talk to other people and other couples that have fostered and adopted. And boy, everybody's got a different story. Yep. And some are really positive and some are really not. It's and the some same are with your own biological and, kids. The first one, you, you're, you know, you can talk to everybody under the sun who's got kids. But yep. Until you had your until first one. Until you're doing it yourself and you, you're in you the trenches. Know. and Exactly. Uh, it's just a different deal. And and so I think we all did go into it with, uh, like you said, you know, the, the rose-colored glasses, like, boy. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, and, and kind of in a probably wrong, kind of prideful way, you can get into that mode of, you know, well, we're doing a good thing here. Exactly. We're doing a yeah. good turn. Yeah. We're, we're, man, we're fulfilling, you know, God's Break your elbow trying to pat yourself and, on the back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we're doing, you know, this for the Lord as well. And we're taking care of his children and, and all those kinds of things. Yeah. Just all kind of not, not probably the healthiest of, of attitudes. And I think when we initially went into it, it was also in somewhat, if I could phrase it this way, a selfish way, in that we were looking to, yes, expand our family. We knew we wanted more children, wanted to raise more more kids. Really, maybe instead of going at it from a perspective of, yeah, sure, we want to expand our family, but boy, uh, how can this be about serving the Lord and bringing glory to him and honoring him? And how can it, how can it be about the gospel too? And, right. and boy, that, that there are these children out there in these uh, situations, boy. And if you have the opportunity to bring uh, one into your home and into your care, even if it's not in an adoption sense, even just to foster for a matter of time, right. what's the impact for the Lord that we can have and for Christ on, on this uh, young life? Two minutes before the break. So obviously there's challenges that you face that you don't really recognize and see until you get into the middle of it. I mean, and that's a mm-hmm. given. Uh, you're going to have conflict. We're sinners. That's <laughs> you, you put a whole bunch it. of sinners together under one roof and, you know, apart yeah. from God's grace, you're going to you know, have challenges. I, I think just really quick, what the thing that my wife and I realized real fast with with uh, the challenges that were popping up is, 
oh, okay, so really the Lord has a whole other idea here because he is using these two <laughs> young people to really help sanctify the Underwoods. Uh, that there maybe there was things in the Underwoods lives, both mom, dad, you know, uh, kids that, um, that uh, needed to change. Things that we didn't even realize were kind of there under the surface. Yeah. And God is using these, these two, uh, you know, awesome kids to uh, bring some of this stuff to the surface and go, yeah, here's some other things I'd like you to work on, pay attention God, to. <laughs> God likes to do that, I guess, I think. Boy, I, I'm, yeah. I'm telling you. All right. So we're, we're going to take a break, uh, check traffic, pay some light bills, make sure the power's on so we can come back for the next segment. Uh, when we do, uh, I want to take a look at some of the positives. Uh, and highlight just a couple of stories, maybe anecdotal stories that pop up to say, you know what? This was the right thing to do. But I, but I, wasn't, like, I wasn't done with the negatives. I got more. No, 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 no. We're yeah. done with negatives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can put that in a sermon next week. We're with uh, Jay Underwood, my guest tonight, pastor of First Baptist Church of Weaverville. And we're talking about foster care and specifically adoption and what adoption is from not just our perspective, but from God's as well. We're off to the KFAX Traffic Center. Look at that commute. And we're back in just a moment. Stick around. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. And we're back. It's Lifeline. Andy Froyland with you. My guest, Jay Underwood, joining us tonight. First Baptist Church of Weaverville. Uh, not only is he the pastor of First Baptist Church, he's also a, an adoptive parent. Uh, three biological and three adopted. And uh, just before the break, we were talking about the challenges that it yep. that you run across and challenges that you usually don't think are there. For every 10 you can think up as you go into the process, there's another 20 that are going to come at you out of left <laughs> That's field. That's a good and, way to put it. <laughs> and it's just going to bowl you over. That said, at the end of the day, if you had it to do all over again, would you? Absolutely. Number one. And number two, what are some things along the way in the last three or four years that you look back and go, man, that's God's hand of amazing grace. And I would do this in a New York second again and again and again. Sure. I, you know, um, well, as, as I was kind of alluding to in our, in our last segment there, uh, my wife and I realized right away that, okay, wow, there's some challenges that are popping up here, you know? Um, everything from the, the, the small of, you know, kids arguing over, you know, toys or rooms or, you know, things like that, that you typically would deal with, with any set of kids. Um, and some of those issues, I'll be honest, went a little bit deeper too. our, our, um, our, uh, oldest had probably some, more difficulties just adjusting to sharing a house, uh, to sharing his parents, to sharing everything with these two new young people that have kind of, uh, in his mind, invaded his uh, his space. And it was something that he certainly didn't even realize. And um, and and it just was. It, I mean, there's no other way to put it. It was difficult. It was difficult. And so. In retrospect, some of the positives would be that, well, what do you do in those situations? But really rely on the grace of God. Mm -hmm. Really turn yeah. to the Lord in that time of need. Really realize, too, that uh, through it all, not just uh, our son, I don't want to just put him on the on the hot seat, um, but for my wife and I, too, just uh, um, 
once you've invited these two into your homes and into your lives, you realize that that in some ways, okay, uh, these aren't children that you grew up with as babies and and have always had that 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 your hand upon them kind of thing and teaching and molding and training. So mm-hmm. they come already kind of you know the 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 molding the putty it's it's set it's setting right. you know it's yeah. it's yeah. not as pliable and moldable in that regard. Now to to our our two uh, um, uh, adoptive kids. Uh, um, credit i guess you could say they came to us with surprisingly really little emotional baggage if i could right. use use that term they were really excited to be with a family they were excited to have a mom and a dad and brothers and sisters they it's like they couldn't just wait you know yeah, yeah. and of course yeah there were there were things that that kind of came along that are things that we had to work through with them um but um that being said my wife and i again realized that wow we're sinners and we got some sinful hearts in the way that we're looking at things or dealing with things or what have you. And so another positive is really, again, God's sanctifying work in my wife and I's right. in our lives right. um, and realizing, golly, there's some things there below the surface that we didn't quite realize were there that are now kind of popping up and popping out. And, and, but that is a blessing. It is a blessing that the Lord would sanctify and that he would even use this process of bringing children into our home and into our lives to, to, uh, to do so. Um, you know, I think it's, it's been a, a process. We're at probably, I think it's like year four now. And, um, yeah, I would say in terms of how the kids all deal with each other, they're pretty much just brothers and sisters, you know, uh, the good, the bad and the ugly, all right. that kind of thrown in there. And, and, um, for my wife and I, it's, it's, there's still challenges that pop up, but, but again, we're able to start having that, uh, um, hindsight and looking back and going, oh, okay, so here's how the Lord was working and here's what he was doing. Right. And here's all the things that he needed to bring us through. And, um, and you pray that, well, yes, you trust that it's all for the better, you know, yeah. uh, better in terms of our relationship, better in terms of relationship with the kids. And so the kids then, uh, obviously uh, there's always that honeymoon period. Yeah. You, you bring in kids and there's other kids. And so there's a honeymoon period. Then as soon as the honeymoon period is over, you get all those challenges. Have you kind of seen your way through all that? How about, how do the kids relate to each other? Yeah, well, like, like I said, I right now what we see from the from the kids for the most part is just they've fallen into just typical brother sister relationships. For us, it truly was one of those things where things just took time. It, right. it really, time was 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 uh, was the unifier. Um, time was the thing that just kind of brought things into a more even keel amongst the kids. Uh, it just took time. Yeah. And, and, you know, for, I think some situations it's, it's, it's going to take more time. And, and for others, like I was kind of sharing earlier with, with Owen, our youngest who came to us as a baby too. So right. it just, it creates a different dynamic with how uh, people relate to a baby and, 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 um, the baby comes and the baby is a baby and they're not preformed and already have ways of thinking, you know, in, in their minds. Yeah. I mean, you're starting from scratch kind of thing. And so that makes it a little bit easier in, 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 in that regard. And, and like I was sharing earlier too, the baby was just a, a good, uh, a, a good unifier in the sense that all the kids 
loved the baby. Right. Biological kids, adoptive kids, everybody loved Owen, you right. know? Right. Everybody loves Owen. And, and right. so everybody kind of uh, gets along with, with Owen and, and dealing with Owen and taking care of Owen. And, and right. so in that sense, it's kind of been a, a community effort, you know, nice. for the Underwood family. And, and it has, has, I think, done uh, uh, good and great things to, again, just continue to unify. Have you, uh, in your process through all of this, just to shift gears a little bit, have you and your wife, did you guys ever consider going out of country for adoption? Ah, good question. Good question. Um, no. And and I think probably the initial reason was that we just had this understanding in our minds, whether it's right or wrong, that that costs a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, when you... I, Let's back up instead of even out of the country, just private adoptions. Sure. The idea of doing a private adoption, whether it would be here or whether it would be from another country, um, it was like, oh, that's, you know, you're talking, what, $10,000 minimum, you know, and all the travel and this and that and the other. In addition to that, I think we very earlier on were just of the mindset of, well, gosh, uh, not that adopting from another country is not a good thing. Praise the Lord, and it should be done. Right. But are there not children here in the United States right. or even in yeah. Los Angeles or even in Weaverville or mm-hmm. Trinity County or the Bay Area or whatever that need to be fostered, that need to be adopted? Let me tell you, man, they're coming out of the woodwork. There's, of course there is. And, you know, rightfully so. There are a lot of I, – I, I understand to a certain degree why some people will go with private adoption or out of, out of country. Not so much out of country, but private adoption. I, I tend to get that. You, oh, we don't, want a, we don't want a child that's older. We don't want a child that has baggage. We, right. You know, okay, fine. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, still, we have an awful lot of children in the system that just get lost and shuffled about and some wonderful kids. Yep. When you, when you go to adopt overseas, usually it's Russia, China, Romania, mm-hmm. one of these countries. And boy, you know, you're paying an awful lot of money. And especially if you, if you're not wanting the quote unquote problems, well, right. sorry, but you're going to find baggage over there. Yep. That's going to follow you home. Yep. So if you're gonna if, if you're gonna sign up for baggage, why not sign up for some luggage that's right here in your yeah. backyard? Well, and I think and 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 then of course the whole foster the, uh, in terms of fostering children that you would adopt, there's a whole host of issues that come there up. Are. that I think some people yes. will shy away from. And again, I'm not saying that's wrong. Because you get your hopes built up only to be dashed that, because that there is be a, because there's yeah. no guarantee. Right. Uh, the other part of it is is uh, our first two. They anticipated that they would be adopted, but they weren't sure. And so no guarantee. mom still had what they call services, right. and mom still had visitation. And right. so you're dealing with, um, you know, moms and dads, and 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 sometimes you're dealing with problems and issues that. Well, that, and there's even know, extended family. The first thing they're going to do is look for too. grandparents and That's sisters and brothers. Too. Yep. Who may want to take on this family, <laughs> this, right. these kids in the family? So it is. It is a process, and it is a challenge. And and we'll speak to this here in just a moment. We're going to take a break here. But uh, when we come back, we'll speak to it more directly. This whole idea of getting your heart broke because mm. you think the kids are there and then they're gone. I had some good advice on that from your wife, Andy. So and we're going to talk about that <laughs> on the other side of this break. We are going to take a quick one. This is Lifeline on AM 1100 KFAX. My guest is Jay Underwood. I'm Andy Froyland in for Craig Roberts all week this week. Having a blast. And uh, once Independence Day comes around uh, Saturday, we will let Craig out of the 
closet and untie him and ungag him. And he'll be back next Tuesday. So in the meantime, you're stuck with us. It's uh, off to the KFAX Traffic Center. Look, look at that traffic of yours on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. And we're back. It's Lifeline, Andy Froyland, and we're talking about adoption and some of the challenges that we face. And yet, as believers in Christ, at the end of the day, and this is how we're going to end our program tonight, it, it, it's got to be about something greater than what is within you or within me and something greater than all of us combined. And that's where we're going to close out. As we left during the, at the, at the, uh, for the break, um, you know, the challenge for a lot of folks is, is I don't want to get my heart broke. Yeah. How do you answer that from a Christian perspective? What sure. Do you say? Well, that was a question that my w- wife, Julie, and I had. And, um, and, and your wife, Andy, who had, has been and yourself involved in also foster and adoption processes, um, had, uh, had said to me, cause we were talking with her about it and, and your wife, Vicki responded that, you know, um, she said, if, if you maybe look at it from a, a slightly different perspective, not about, um, you know, our, our hearts being broke for having to, say, give back a child that we've come to love and become attached to, but maybe a little bit more from the perspective of, well, what can I uh, do even if I only have this child for a short amount of time or for a foster situation in terms of how I might affect their lives for right. the positive? Yeah. And and there is so much truth to that, that as foster parents, if you have a child in your house for one night, or if you have them there for a week or a month or a year or two, whatever, the Lord absolutely will use you in the life of that child and, and to make that child's life better. And of course, as believers, we live for the gospel and, right. and we want ultimately um, to be able to have that opportunity to, you know, um, live out the great commission and to get the gospel and make disciples. And of course, what a better way than to have, you know, this, uh, this young life in your care, even if it's only in a foster situation. And so, and, and, and she also made the point to us that, you know, in, in a foster situation too, lots of times to, when you have that positive impact on a child, it's something the child remembers. And it's even something that may foster or forge a, a relationship with that child, even once they are out of your care, you know? And, and, yeah. and so I think just from hearing a different perspective on it, we went, okay, yeah, we just need to trust the Lord through that. You know, at the end of the day, and for those of you listening here on KFAX this evening, at the end of the day, when it comes to uh, the possibility and potential of of having your heart broke because you thought this child was going to be the one you will adopt, and it ends up that it's not. Two things in my own mind come to bear. Uh, number one, uh, and, and, and it's pretty much proven out, from infancy to about three, the formative foundations in a child's mind are established. They may not remember them, but how they live and how they act and respond is based upon those foundations that are installed between ages one and three. If you've got a child between the ages of one and three for even six months, you're putting in some foundational truths and, and laying some foundations for that child that will carry on for the rest of life. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, it's ROM or it's, it's not Ram. It's ROM. 
it's burnt into that chip and it's never going to leave that child. Yeah. You know, you're, you're going to have memories that are like Ram. You shut it off and they're gone and, yeah. you know, reboot and they're, you know, they're gone forever. But we're talking about instilling in a child those foundational moments. Absolutely. Now, that's, that's, that's on the child's perspective. The other thing that comes to mind is the fact that if, in fact, we do serve a God who says to us, test me, see if you can outgive me, see if you can outspend me, see if you can exhaust my storeroom of grace, you can't. It's impossible. And then if he has given us the ability to love these children, if we love these kids with the love he's given us, I don't see how I'm going to exhaust that love. They're going to go away. My heart will be somewhat broken, sad. But at the same time, I also know that God is going to supply and walk me through that heartbreak. Absolutely. My, his, and if, not and my, if, but his grace is Exactly. His grace. All exactly. And, uh, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor, but, you know, didn't our father experience the ultimate heartbreak as he turned his back on his son? Yeah, sure. For you and I, for sinners such as you and I, if my God can do that, then certainly I can trust him to provide what I need. Yeah to go through that same walk, right? That's it. Well, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. So even with something that we might consider in our lives to be somewhat of a negative kind of experience, if you will, really we need to be looking at it from a different perspective from what we see in Scripture. And that's what I want to do with the last five minutes we have here. I'm going to turn the microphone over to you. Uh, Adoption from a biblical perspective. You and I, we've been adopted and it stands to reason that, man, I want to turn out and turn around and do the same thing now. Yeah. Connect the dots for us as yeah, we well, close I, out our time. You're, that was, you're doing a good job with it there. Yeah, no, certainly it's, it's scriptural because and God uses those very words of adoption that, um, that we were once far away from him. We were rebellious towards him. We would just uh, were wicked towards him. And, and yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So he didn't wait until we would become some kind of, you know, perfect people or somewhat acceptable before he would bring us into his household. And then he does just that, doesn't he? He adopts us as his sons and as his daughters. So we are his children with all of the rights and privileges and everything else that his son that he gave to his son Jesus is 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 ours is ours and and that is that is an incredible picture you know and it, we we see in the scripture how marriage is is really a picture of of Christ in the church mm-hmm. yeah. and um i don't know i'd have to do some more digging here maybe this isn't something that's you know necessarily god has uh, ordained in the pages of scripture but is there not something to um the picture of us uh, uh, adopting somebody and and again yes seeing the the bigger um, spiritual picture of god having adopted us and and loving us when we didn't deserve it, uh, loving us for no other reason than the fact that he chooses to do so, and and this opportunity that we have then to love uh, another and bring another into our family and give them a home and give them um, the gospel and and uh, how God might might use that to bring other um, people into His kingdom and and thereby adopt them. 
You know, at the end of the day, in my mind, there are two ways a family can can share the gospel out loud and in their community. Number one, a godly marriage. Sure. Watching a husband love his wife as Christ loves the church and watching a a wife respond to a husband as as the church responds to Christ. That's that's a marvelous portrayal of the gospel. And God has set it up that way. Number two, and as you just said, uh, adoption bringing children into the home and it again it is showing a world that i'm problems and all i'm going to take this child and i'm going to make this child mine and just as god has made me his i want to turn around do the same thing sure and when people look on and go really you're 56 you're doing what what (laughs) what what You, you guys should be thinking about retirement and you're bringing in kid what i don't you're weird man yeah and uh, but no, just redeem. Well, that's just it because as believers too, we are in everything we do as believers. We should be showing the world something right. different, right? Yes. Something than than the way the world normally operates. And and sure, I think uh, they should see that in the way that husbands and wives uh, interact with each other. That's the point and purpose of what we just said of Ephesians five. There, right, of course. Right. Um, and same thing with adoption. That that the world would see something different in our attitudes and reasons for for doing that. And I would also say that 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 kids in our care another great reason. Um, for for bringing children into our homes like that is is um, is is that as well that you will be able to show them something different Amen. than what they will ever find from the world or or even a, some other family that's not a a believing family yeah um, they they should see something different if they're not then something's wrong right you know? well and blessed is the man whose quiver is full of children and the children are a gift a well, heritage from the lord and that's it and we see throughout scripture there's just no doubt in my mind um that god holds a very special place in his heart for children you saw that from the lord himself from yeah. christ and his time on the earth and just bringing the children uh, right. to him and and just his his just his heart and his love yeah. for children period and yeah yeah and we are out of time. Oh, it just man. screams by. Uh, we have to close it down. <laughs> Jay, thank you for being my guest here tonight on Absolutely. My pleasure. We'll have to do this again and continue the conversation, obviously just scratching the surface. Again, readyforlife.net if you were with us in the first hour for foster care. And, uh, man, get a hold of us here at the station if you want to know more about adoption. We'd be happy to get you hooked up, as they say. Jarrell Martin, our engineer, our engineer, he's also the guy who uh, put the duct tape around uh, Craig's mouth and has gagged him and tied him up and put him in the closet. Thank you for doing that, Jarrell. Wanda Sanchez, my producer. And, uh, of course, you and your ears round out the trifecta. Thank you for joining us here tonight on Lifeline. It's been a privilege and a pleasure. We'll see you tomorrow. We're talking about missions and a near-life experience. That's tomorrow night on Lifeline. Until then, God bless. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.